Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. Yesterday, I did a live show with PTOR. We handled a lot of different topics, but mainly transgenderism. So if anybody would like to see that, they can go to his channel and look at where the information is. He's got several links out. Or you can go to my radio station and actually watch and listen to the video right on your screen. Or just listen to it while you're driving down the highway. It's all good. On Friday, 7 p.m. Central, I'm going to be doing a live show. I got to be honest with you, the last couple shows, uh, there were tons of people out there. But um, only a few actually came in to have a discussion and... They were friends that I've talked to many, many times. I love having my friends on, but it'd be nice to see some new people, especially some of the ones that are antagonistic out in the chat, to find the courage to come in and actually have a discussion. Very good. Well, I thought I would uh, take ease off of atheists, transgenders, homosexuals, and all that today, and that we would question some things in the Bible. I, from time to time, like many people out there who are spiritual and believe in God, I tend to reread things, and sometimes I notice uh, things that kind of surprise me. You ever uh, read something, and you end up reading it again, and then you find new stuff or new material or new things to wonder about? Well, when it comes to the Bible, the Bible's one of those type of books where Every time you open it, you end up finding something new to discuss or think about. I'm going to be discussing the book of Job today. One of the most ancient, oldest writings, pieces of literature that can be found in the Bible. One of the most famous stories that there ever was. And right in the first chapter... There's a whole lot of different things to unpackage here. There's a whole lot of things that one should sit back and really think about as they read each line. Well, let's go for it. I'm going to read it, and while I'm reading it, I'm going to explain some of the things that I noticed that I don't ever hear other people talking about. It is fascinating. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. You hear that? Blameless and upright. It means that he had never committed sin in his life. He had never transgressed against God whatsoever. He feared God and shunned evil. So, even if you look in the oldest versions of the Bible, it actually says, was perfect and upright with God. That's right, in the older Bibles that were translated, it's perfect and upright with God. Look, look in your old King James Version, you'll see what I'm talking about. 
I've read the story so many times, and there's so many new findings and mysteries that I that I notice. So we're going to talk a little bit about his family first. He had seven sons, wow, and three daughters. This guy built his own army, right? And he owned 7,000 sheep. Wow. Even with all the daughters and sons that he has, including the wife, that's a lot of, uh, this guy had a huge farm. 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. I've noticed when in church people talking about Job, they talk about the guy like he was someone who was poor. Like he was someone who just was living in a tiny hut, basically, with a, a few sheep and a few goats. But right off the bat, you can tell that this guy had wealth, he had stature, he had a lot of great things. I don't know how many of you, whenever you read the story of Job, how you characterized him, but 500 donkeys alone, even in those days, that was a lot of dinero. That was a lot of money. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Wow. So they were doing pretty good for themselves. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So basically, he cared about his family so much, he believed that he repeatedly needed to do some kind of burnt offering. That could be an animal, it could be oils, it could be essence, could be a whole lot of different things. Wouldn't be surprised if it was an animal sacrifice. But that's not what I'm doing the video for. Soon you guys are going to see the, the unusual stuff that I'm talking about. Perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So Job believed that um, if you had bad thoughts, especially towards God, you'd be in some serious trouble. And this was Job's way of helping his uh, children get through that. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Now, right off the bat, obviously the story's weird because you actually have the devil and God interacting with each other, which is really where the discussion in this video begins. This is where it gets really interesting. It actually says that one day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came with them. So the devil and his minions, as well as followed by angels, they approached God. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to think back to all the attributes that God has given. God, according to many Christians out there, say God is omnipresent which by definition means that God is everywhere at all times. The second thing is, is God knows all things. 
It's like he knows the past, the present, and the future. He's outside of time, according to most religious people. But it's telling you that God is in a location here. He's not all over the place. He's in a location, and he's approachable. That Satan actually has the ability and the contacts and the power, the authority to actually approach God. Of course, with God's permission. Now, that's interesting to me because that puts omnipresence into question right there, doesn't it? He walks into the presence of God. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord. From, and Satan answers with, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth in it. So what the story is telling you, there's a couple different issues with this line. One, it's telling you that the devil is actually not in hell. Satan's not in hell. He is actually roaming the earth, according to the story. If you read the story of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, you can see that the devil seems to be present on earth and continuously interacts with God. Yeah, some would just say the Son of God, but if you believe Jesus is God, then you call him God. Interesting, right? So, interestingly enough, this wouldn't be the first time God did this, when either having a question with a human or having a question with the devil. But God actually says, where have you come from? Now, the question about that is, why would God ask, where have you come from if God already knows everything? Where have you come from? He's asking Satan a question, and Satan doesn't embark on a debate between what God knows and what God doesn't. Instead, Satan answers as if he completely understands the implications and what God is asking him. And he answers with, I've been going all throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Now, in the older Bibles, like King James, it tells you that Satan was looking around for something to devour. He's been looking for people, basically, to manipulate or destroy or, or do whatever Satan does. But in this, it just simply says, he's been roaming the earth, going back and forth in it just kind of pacing, you know, the spiritual realm of, of earth. You see, see how it's pretty unusual there. You would think that God would know that, that know that that's what Satan's doing. And if Satan had any intelligence or really knew God, wouldn't he also be asking the question of, well, you know, because you're God kind of deal, but he didn't. <clears throat> Let's move on. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Now this is interesting because Christians always have, in the past, at least when talking to me, they've always put forth this idea that um, Satan was the one that initiated the problem with Job. All Satan said in the Old Testament was, I'm looking for something to destroy. 
in this uh, specific translation of the Bible, it doesn't even mention devour or destroy. It just simply sounds like God's in, or Satan's in a waiting room, right? It's kind of odd. That's a huge difference of this translation between King James. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright. In the, old, in the uh, older versions of the Bible, it actually said he's perfect and upright. It repeats it. A man who fears God and shuns evil. So, besides the strangeness of the dialogue between the two figures, the other issue, obviously, is why is it that God is actually telling Satan that why hasn't he, why isn't he concentrating on focus on a guy like Job, who's got all this stuff going for him, a guy who serves him completely, who doesn't do anything wrong. He's literally telling, he's conceding that Job has never done anything wrong. So he doesn't really even deserve punishment. I mean, according to moral human standards, right? But God's basically throwing Job under the bus in this story. Satan says, does God, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put but a hedge, you, you basically, you put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has. You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flock and herd just spread throughout the land. So Satan is basically saying, okay, so you've initiated this issue with Job. You've made a target of him. And he's saying, but you put a shield around him. You protect him. You blessed him, basically. And then Satan says, but now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. This is interesting because... Satan in the older translations of the Bible actually says that he'll cause so much destruction that Job will turn on God. But in this, he's actually telling God, if you stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, he will surely curse you to your face. So we always got the idea that it was Satan who was doing this, but it's interesting the way this is worded. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. It's like basically you can hurt everybody he loves, you can destroy anything he cares about, but you can't like physically alter him. You can only basically attack him spiritually and on a psychological level, which is usually what a majority of Christians, as far as I know, as well as Muslims, have always believed about the devil, that, you know, you do whatever you want. He can mess with you every day of the week if he wants to. So, obviously, the story goes on to telling you that one by one, Satan, with the permission and authority of God, just basically kills every single thing that Job cares about. 
kills his family, kills his animals, destroys the land, and eventually I think Job ended up getting some physical ailments, even though he was told he couldn't hurt Job directly. I believe there was something in the uh, older translation of the Bible where it said he received boils. Um, he got physically, you know, uncomfortable and all this kind of stuff. There was literally some torture going on here when this happened. Now, a couple different things. Obviously, I obviously am curious about why an all-knowing God would test a human being when God already knows the results. I could turn it around and say maybe God was trying to teach Job a lesson or something, but what is the lesson? Job already feared God would already do anything that God asked. Job also shows in the very beginning of the book that he's a very careful man, that every single day in custom tradition, especially on holidays and birthdays, that he was purifying his children, constantly trying to protect them. So he did everything right. And then some. Some would say that his faith was so strong that he even had more faith than a lot of your modern-day Christians out there. He took a beating and he kept on going, but I'm just curious why God felt the need to test him. And I'm also curious how Satan managed to be able to approach him. But the weirdest question of all that we haven't talked about, the most oddest thing of all about this book, is that the Bible actually tells you right off the bat that Satan had a conversation with God. They interacted, obviously, in the spiritual realm. They weren't on earth, and Job wasn't present during the conversation. No human was there. It clearly tells you and specifically tells you that angels and Satan approached the presence of God. And the all-knowing God was asking questions and also initiated the destruction of Job's entire existence. But the odd thing about it, besides all that stuff I mentioned, is why? One. Two. How did anybody know that this event actually ever happened? We know that in the Bible, there's a lot of interactions that happen with Moses and men throughout the Bible. Other men are present. Jesus spoke in front of disciples. Whenever God was actually involved, usually there was a mass amount of people or there were groups of people where you could make the argument that people seen or engaged some kind of manifestation of God. How does the story play out that Job even knew about this event ever happening? It doesn't say and Job was in the midst of Satan or God and heard them making this challenge. So I would have to ask, how did Job even end up finding out? I guess somebody could add to the Bible, and they could say that God later on told Job. 
there is a moment in the book where Job's asking some questions, but it's never really specified why this went down or anything like that. In fact, Job knew so little about the conversation between God and the devil, he'd actually ask God directly. He approaches God, or God approaches him, and he asked, why, basically, have you done this to me? And God seemed to get a little irritated and actually start saying things like, who are you to question the pot, and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's weird, right? Well, let's see what you all think. I hope you enjoyed the video. I'll see you all Friday, 7 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. Make sure you check out my radio station, as well as my merchandise and all the cool things that uh, I create and design. I'm also an author, a writer. Got quite a few books out there if anybody's interested. All right, let's get to the discussion. Today, we're going to talk about the transabled. We're going to talk about trans animals. And we're going to also talk about transgender pets. <clears throat> and also, I'm going to give you guys an explanation on why it is that I've been spending time on doing transgender videos of late. Uh, from time to time, I drop religious videos and stuff about God, but I've been focusing on this topic. And I tend to do that if I find something fascinating or interesting then I'm going to talk about it. And right now, transgenders are very trendy and they have very unique personalities. So, of course, it makes sense I'm going to discuss it. I'm going to share this video directly with Kizmu E, or however you pronounce his name, as well as Amy Newman, who is a man who identifies as a woman. And I'd like to hear their opinions and views. <clears throat> I hope that they actually take the time to make a video and talk because I enjoy actually seeing Amy as well as Kizmi on video talking. 
especially Kizme because he's got like this excellent camera setup, a great microphone, and I really like how he unpackages and expresses and articulates himself. Amy kind of beats around the bush, seems like they're not really knowing where they're at on a topic, but sooner or later they get around to trying the best they can to make an effort to answer questions. So that's what we're going to try to do today. I'm going to mute my microphone so we can hear what's being said in this video. Here we go. Yeah, it's tough to get around and she struggles with living in a world that isn't built for the disabled. However, Chloe is actually able to walk perfectly and chooses to live her life like a paraplegic due to a rare psychological disorder called BIID. Despite wishing she was paralyzed, Chloe still takes part in extreme sports like skiing. BIID has led Chloe, a Cambridge University educated research scientist, to harm herself in a bid to become paraplegic for real. I have fantasies about having a car wreck and becoming paraplegic from a car wreck. Perhaps most shockingly of all, London-born Chloe is on a quest to find a surgeon willing to operate in order to paralyze her legs forever. I did find a surgeon uh, in, in another country who would be prepared to do femoral and sciatic nerve transections to paralyze. All right, so what we have here is we have a woman who isn't being bullied. She's not having a whole lot of issues in her life. She's a professor. She actually works in a school, and on her free time, she enjoys going out and skiing. Well, I got some bad news uh, for this person. If you get yourself deliberately, go to a doctor that's outside the country and get yourself physically disabled on purpose, you know skiing's out of the question, right? I, I don't think anybody out there wants to get in a wheelchair, put on some skis, and actually roll down a slope. Uh, the kind of things that can happen to you if you topple over, having a wheelchair slamming, you know, you up against rocks and hard, solid snow like concrete, it could be quite uh, painful. And you're not able to, how shall I say, uh, steer on snow, especially when you're hydroplaning. So that's out of the question. Skiing is over once you do this. <clears throat> I personally think that the condition is kind of demeaning to people who actually do have these conditions. Because you know people that are almost in a vegetation state are paralyzed up to their neck. They wish that they would be walking around just as normal as everybody else. Nobody in their right fucking mind wants to be crippled. Nobody wants to be handicapped. We say all this cliche shit about, oh, you know, if you have a problem, you're still special and unique. And, you know, you're still a wonderful person. And we say all this nice shit to people that we see with these conditions. But we fucking know deep down inside, we are glad that we are not in the position they are. And not so deep down inside themselves. They live with the regrets. They live with the suffering that they have to go through whenever they go through this. It's just society likes to make everything sound sweet. Oh, it doesn't matter if you're disabled. You'll be able to participate in a special Olympics and do all this. Well, I'm not here to basically talk about the bullshit that humanity feeds each other whenever it comes to shit like this. But 
This is a person who has a perfectly healthy body, who's a professor. This is not a person who has a difficult time finding a job like uh, quite a few of these pink-haired obese transgenders claim. This is a person who looks almost absolutely normal, somebody that could possibly be your neighbor, but for some reason they have this mental disorder that makes them that want to harm themselves. If you continue to watch the video, you're going to find out that this woman has injured herself repeatedly. She literally wants to get paralyzed and live like that. This is what she wants. Now, I don't know how anybody out there could argue that this is something um, that is not a mental health crisis. I, I don't know how anybody would come along and say, yeah, this is something that should be endorsed in society but it is more and more videos like this are coming out by people who think that men who think they can get pregnant they're actually putting advertisements out uh putting fake blood on the inner thighs of men taking a picture in a group or a compilation where they're claiming that they can menstruate and do all this and now that there are males who are becoming females, there's reports coming out that women can now get prostate cancer. You see, this is ridiculous. Obviously, a woman wouldn't be able to get that because she doesn't have the same parts. And no matter how much surgery that you do, humanity hasn't come to the point in society where we can make vaginas and penises out of the blue. The penis and the vagina still tends to be a unique body part of reproduction that we haven't been able to master. Even after all these years, we haven't been able to create things like this. We've gotten pretty good at genetic splicing, but not at that. So this is the transabled here. These are people who want to harm themselves, who fantasize about suffering. Not only will she be stuck in a chair, but she also will, for the adults out there, you may lose your appetite on hearing this, but when you're in a wheelchair and you're paralyzed all the way down to your toes, imagine the challenge and aggravation of having to poop or piss. Imagine how you're supposed to get into a bathroom or do the thing that you need to do. You won't even know. You'll be sitting there in a damn diaper because you won't feel it whenever you go to the bathroom on yourself. Does that sound like a fun experience? No. These people are literally torturing themselves. So that's why I see it as a mental health issue. Speaking of mutilation and hurting yourself and doing all kinds of weird stuff, let's check this out. <clears throat> this man here, identifies with an alligator. I personally don't see an alligator when I look at this person, obviously. They look more like a cartoon character in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They look more like the one of the villains that hung out with Shredder uh, that's always constantly stalking the rat Splinter and his turtle children. This is a person that is put some kind of dye into their eye so it'll remain green and they've made themselves look like something. If someone like this appeared thousands of years ago during biblical times, 
I'm sure that the entire tribes that would be introduced to this would probably think they're looking at a damn demon. Why is the person putting their fingers out like that and making all these creepy postures? Alligators don't do that. <clears throat> the same way, you know, just a lot of guys who identify as women, they don't act nothing like a woman. In fact, a lot of them, if they don't get their way on something or there's a debate or a discussion or they're being questioned, a lot of them have been known to become violent and start hitting people. Women are not normally this way. In order for a woman to strike out and punch somebody, you really, really have to be irritating them for a long-ass time. Women don't tend to be so volatile. And the reason why women aren't so volatile is because they don't have all kinds of testosterone and a lot of aggressive tendencies going through out their brain. But uh, men transgenders don't seem to be very different from your average primitive layman man where, you know, if you question them and they're too stupid or unintellectual to have a discussion, suddenly you could find yourself punched. I watched a video recently where a high school girl told a guy he doesn't want him in the bathroom with her whenever she's using the restroom. I also watched a video where there was some, the athletes out there wanted, the female athletes wanted the male athlete out and claimed that the male athlete who is considered a champion in swimming now, at least in the women's division, was exposing himself nonstop to the females. Now, Transgenders, like homosexuals, will say they don't have any choice. It's just the way they are, that they were born this way. That they don't have any kind of way of being able to establish any other thing. That they must be a woman. If they identify as something, then they basically feel they have to immerse themselves in this mental role that they've made for themselves. But oddly enough, there's been a lot of rapists, a lot of murderers, a lot of crimes that have been done by transgenders, and then somehow the court systems and the liberals will actually put a male who's pretending to be a female into a, the same prison cell with women. And then those women end up getting the shit beat out of them. Some of them are getting killed. And there's a lot of cases of transgenders in prison where women are getting pregnant due to the transgender having sex with them. Now, one of the weird things that homosexuals have always represented in society is that I think that having sex with a woman is nasty. Um, you see these males and females in the homosexual department saying, you know, it's gross to even think of having sex with yada, 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 unless the person's bisexual. Bisexual means that if you buy me something, I get real sexual. No, I'm just kidding. Bi means that you like both male and female. And one of the other reasons, you know, I had said in my video at the beginning, I was going to explain one of the big reasons why I've been focusing and concentrating on transgenders. Well, a lot of them, especially the adults, claim to be little girls. Um, they act very childish, immature, and I suppose that goes along with their mental illness that they have. But they seem to be very, very, unlike the homosexual community, which I notice there's a lot of gays out there uh, that seem to be against transgenders as well as the LGBT nowadays, and I respect that. I appreciate that 
not all gays are just sitting around and letting this go. Some of them are actually noticing the problem. There are even male drag queens who are speaking out on the news. And whenever they're given the opportunity, they're actually uh, mouthing their distaste and disgust. And they also notice that there's some kind of child agenda going on uh, in the LGBTQ part of their group. And it's causing a lot of gays and lesbians to get pissed and also want to disassociate themselves with the LGBT. I think a lot of homosexuals and lesbians are starting to realize after all these years that the LGBT was never a group meant to represent them. It was never meant to help any more than the liberals out there who claim to give a shit. Suddenly the liberals, whenever they needed power and votes, they suddenly gave a shit about transgenders and their problems. That's the way politicians are, right? They always go after those minorities. Whenever they basically used up and burned all their bridges, they try to find a new group that they feel is stupid enough and weak enough that they can manipulate. And the transgenders are there. The liberals also think that black people are stupid as well as Latinos and claim to give all kinds of reparations and all kinds of nice rewards and toys if they vote for them. It's always been about money and power. It's not about their rights. It's not about making their life better. And I think some of them, even through all that mental illness and all the hectic shit they got going on in their head, realize that at this point, and they're becoming frustrated because as always, whether you're mentally ill or you're a straight person like myself, you've probably come to the conclusion that a lot of fucking politicians are lying pieces of shit, right? Um, that they'll say and they'll do anything. And they seem to, their job in life seems to be to take our money, collect it, call it taxes when it's actually fucking robbery and burglary. It's theft. And then they spend it on whatever new toys they want for themselves and put the remainder of it into their fucking pocket. That's the society we live in, ladies and gentlemen. So what do you think? I mean, I think that it's perfectly rational to state that this is a mental illness, don't you? I don't think that I'm being offensive or insulting, and I'm not even mad at transgenders, even though they're, a lot of them are attaching themselves to children and trying to use children in order to further whatever weird shit they got going in their head. My anger is with liberals and politicians. My anger is with these uh, the medical fields just standing back and allowing this um, health crisis to go on in society. I would, I'm, I'm about as mad at a transgender or homosexual as I am whenever I go into like an old people's home and find some little old lady or old man who's got a mental disorder who thinks they're the second coming of Christ. I've seen people with mental illness. I've seen schizophrenics. I've seen the bipolars. I've seen all that shit where people have lost their fucking mind. And the longer they're in society, the more inevitable as well as probable they're going to hurt themselves or kill themselves or hurt somebody else or kill somebody. So it's not just a cute little delusion or something fun to watch on YouTube. I believe that people's lives are in danger. 
And I also feel like putting people that are unstable in the same fucking room with a bunch of innocent children who don't know how to defend themselves or deal with this on a philosophical or intellectual or even moral level, um, that's my issue. And to be honest with you, in case you haven't figured it out yet, but we're almost 20 minutes into this video and I ain't mentioned the Bible once. So this isn't like a religious thing for me. I'll be honest with you. Whenever I was an atheist who lacked a belief in God, I would have still had a fucking problem with this. I didn't wake up one day and read a certain passage in the Bible that inspired me to go after this shit. I actually fear for these people. I actually feel sorry and scared for these people's lives and what they're going to do to themselves as well as other people. Now they have managed to be able to get professionals to endorse the delusion who will then cut their breast off and mutilate them and remove their testicles and all this shit. It's like some kind of um, neutering hall. Then on top of it, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, that they don't just kill themselves and hurt themselves and hurt society, but now they're fucking around with animals. Yeah. And I'm not talking about their banging animals or something like that. Although, if someone really believes they're an alligator, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy went out to the swamp and tried to fuck an alligator. I'm sure that would turn out real good for him. I'm not trying to be cute or funny, but if you actually think you're an animal or a creature, you're going to be want to be with your own. There's a woman a while back who actually believes she was a fucking wolf, right? So she went out in the woods looking for wolves. Now, do you think that the wolves had the same mental disorder as she did? No. She seen them as her family. They seen her as fucking breakfast. And she got nailed by the fucking wolves. You don't fuck with wolves, ladies and gentlemen. They don't give a shit what your political view is. They don't even give a fuck about what religion you are. Whether you're a Christian or an atheist, they'll eat your ass. So stupid ass went out there into the fucking woods and got herself tore up by wolves because she thought she was a wolf too. She looked like a fucking clown that belongs in the circus is what happened. But now she just looks like a ghoul off fallout because the wolves tore her ass to pieces. And that's sad. It's sad that now doctors and politicians have made it legal to tear yourself up. Isn't that odd, though? It's so weird that in society, you got all these people who think it's a terrible idea to basically euthanize your relatives and your family members. You know, if you ask religious people and even some atheists out there, would you push the button? Would you end the life of someone you love? And a lot of people out there say, well, I, if somebody's under a lot of distress or in a lot of pain, then I would do whatever I could to relieve the pain. But what are we doing for transgenders exactly? We're handing them a fucking scalpel. We're sending them places where they'll get cut up and chopped into pieces. Well, what happens when the inevitable happens? Gender dysphoria isn't a permanent condition for most. Almost 98% of people get over it as they become adults because they develop and they uh, get accustomed and they accept who they are. But now we're telling society saying, yeah, 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 chop them up, chop them up. 
and they're even making a big deal out of it. They're putting kids out in strip joints now. They're trying to say there's nothing immoral about putting a a child up on stage. And I can understand from an atheist point of view, because you have no moral foundation, because I don't see any atheists out there actually saying shit about that, about little kids being put in that. I mean, it is the atheists that have the highest child porn distribution in their countries, and it is the atheists who seem to think that, you know, if we're all animals, then what's the problem if a big cat gets a hold of a kitten or a big dog rapes a puppy? I mean, what's it matter, right? If a duck fucks a dead duck that's laying there, which that does happen in nature, necrophilia, then we're animals, right? But if you live in a society where you believe there's a God who's watching and actually gives a shit, then it becomes a completely different issue. All of a sudden, things matter. Things have value. Life actually has intrinsic purpose and meaning to it. But for an atheist, what's wrong with having a 13-year-old little girl shaking her ass up there in front of a bunch of people or a little boy that's dressed up like a girl doing it in front of a bunch of gay porn stars, which I've seen countless tweets and newspapers out there about it. So that's where I'm at. That's the whole fucking nine yards, folks. That's the ball game. I don't want these people to be hurt. I don't want them to be abused. I don't want people going around and spitting on them and making fun of them and shit. But I want these people to not go to doctors that will cut you up, but go to therapists, go to professionals who they can talk to. Besides, at the end of the day, if it turns out that 5% of people still think they're this and that, then so be it. Live and let die. But some people may not have these problems, and some people might just be doing it for attention. Pretty fucking clear when you watch this video on the screen, this guy, um, as fucked up as he looks, he wants attention. I notice a lot of transgenders out there are very narcissistic, and they have violent tendencies. We keep seeing all these pictures and images of people holding guns and shit and talking about hurting people. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? All these years, the liberals have said people don't need guns. People shouldn't have guns. And they've tried to repeatedly violate the Constitution whenever it comes to people's right to bear arms. But then they turn around and they tell the transgender community, you ought to go out and get a gun, protect yourself from the evil Republicans and conservatives in society. So you see how that works? They want to take your guns, but they want to arm the people that are part of their political agenda. It's a dangerous fucking world we live in, ladies and gentlemen, and we're all skating on thin ice. We need to all remember we're all in the same boat and we're all going over the same waterfall, no matter what you believe and are not. This is becoming a health crisis and I hope that something happens. I'm getting tired of hearing about school shootings. I'm tired of hearing about people getting cut up or killing each other and all this shit. I was talking about that high school thing earlier. A young girl told this guy she didn't want him in the fucking bathroom with her. He was exposing himself. So out on the uh, recess or whatever the hell it was, whenever they were taking a break, the transgender walked up to the biological female and beat the fuck out of her until he almost killed her. This is not the society I want. I don't, my children are out of school now, but I had something like this happen 
where my daughter was going to the bathroom, somebody comes in and exposes himself. Um, yeah. Well, I don't have to tell you basically how I'd feel about that. But to be honest with you, I, I do feel sorry for transgenders. It's a school system, it's society, and it's how people are reacting to this. It's the fucking problem. We used to live in a society where at least we talked a good game, where we said if we see a mentally ill person or a person in need, then we get them help or we hospitalize them. But nowadays it's like we, we put a fucking pageant on and then give them a ribbon and say, yep, you're an alligator, you're a fucking monkey, you're this, you're that. Why? Why are we doing that? What is wrong with humanity now? All right, that's all I got to say. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keen, and you are watching and listening to The Brett Keen Show. At 7 p.m. Central Friday, I'm going to be doing a live show. If you would like to be a part of it, all you have to do is go to my front channel, YouTube, at Brett Keen, and you will see upcoming live events. You click on them, you hit Reminder, and then you can be a part of it. The last two shows that I did on my own channel hosting, I did a show with a good friend of mine that I've known for years. He's an atheist. He probably is going to start calling himself something different, though, because he has a huge distaste and dislike for the way atheism is in social media. And he isn't one of these non-believers or skeptics who has a chip on his shoulder who feels like he can't be friends or associate himself with people who believe in God. Basically, he's not a mocker. He's got his own questions, though, that's for sure. Well, the point is, is that he and I, we talked quite a bit for a couple hours on each one of the shows. He came in. It was a pretty quiet show. Will Kincaid came in for a little bit and a few others, but didn't last long. And it was just pretty much a show of me and Adam talking about the universe and the concept of God and spirituality and all this. Well, during the two shows, Adam told me that science is in trouble, especially whenever it comes to the concept of the Big Bang. Me and him, or he and I, we love talking about the universe. And he has been in love with the concept of the universe and 
a couple other things having to do with what happens on Earth, but the universe is his big thing. He loves looking into it. He's the guy to go to if you want to have a really, really long, in-depth conversation about it. Well, during the shows, he told me that they sent a telescope out into space, and the telescope is called the James Webb Telescope. And this telescope has literally changed everything about what we know about the universe and existence, everything. It um, pretty much blows Christians as well as atheists out of the water, and it's also completely slap the piss out of the atheist community out there. Um, the science community, I mean, not atheist community. Atheism and science has nothing to do with each other, even though atheists like to pretend that's the case. Well, what the telescope did is its main function was to take high-definition pictures of faraway galaxies and anomalies that are going on in the universe, basically to give us a better picture of what the hell's going on around this little blue ball that we live in that's flying at a billion miles per hour through the darkness and void of space. This uh, machine is very powerful, and it can see light years away. Um... It's been talked about for years, but most people are more concerned about what's going to happen on Boston Legal or their favorite television show, or what's happening in the Marvel Universe as opposed to what's actually happening in our real universe and what's happening with the Earth. The telescope, in a very short period of time, has taken a century of the belief of the Big Bang universe the, the universe having a beginning and basically turning it on its side. It has inevitably at this point from what they've been seeing and what they've been finding out in the universe is most likely going to completely and utterly annihilate the whole concept of it. The reason, one of the main reasons why I noticed after watching several videos and reading several science websites is because the belief was is that whenever the Big Bang happened, that it gave us an estimate of how old the universe is. Now, as you know, Christians and atheists have been arguing about the age of the universe. Some Christians are old, old Earth, which means that they believe the universe is most likely or assumed to be old as well. There's young Earth creationists. These are Christians who believe the Earth is only 6,000 years old and that the universe is just as short, if not just as short, or maybe just a tiny bit older than that, meaning that according to their weird perception, the universe is only like 10,000 years old at the most according to some denominations of Christians, which I obviously don't agree with. I've always had an open mind, and I've, always, I've asked quite a few Christians out there throughout the years to actually sit down and make videos explaining why they have the view or belief that they do and give me information in the Bible that would dictate that number because the Bible does not say that the earth is 10,000 years old. Nor does it say that the earth is 4.5 billion years old. The Bible doesn't give an age of the earth and when God started creating. It just says he did, and it was good. But there's no time frame on that. 
most uh, religious people who are into that young earth stuff, they base it all on the genealogy. But the problem with that is anybody that's ever studied theology knows that there's tons of books that have been removed out of the Bible. And there's also books out there that are still to this day being translated. Yeah, that's right. Thousands and thousands of scrolls of information has not been translated or the Catholic Church is hiding it in their little Vatican, their little bunker shit that they got going on over there. So we don't know from their point of view. Well, Adam told me, he said, uh, Brett, you need to look into this because it might completely change your view on the Big Bang. As many of you know, I liked the Big Bang Theory. I liked it, one, because it was literally a Catholic Christian who came up with the idea and then brought his information to Albert Einstein, and they came up with this. It was originally called the Big Egg. You know, they described it as like an egg that opens up and the universe comes out type of deal. Then later on, they gave it a fancy futuristic name like the Singularity. But originally, the name of it was more primitive, the idea of it. it. had a couple different connotations and names before it became the Big Bang. So I looked into this, and apparently it changes everything about the universe, but it doesn't just change the age and the time and all that. It also shows that our universe functions in a lot of ways that we couldn't even comprehend. I mean, we already knew that there was tons of questions. With knowledge always comes new questions, the same way with the Bible. With the knowledge that God gives you, you're going to constantly be seeking answers for the rest of eternity. It's just the way life is whenever you deep dive into anything of this type of sort. So we've discovered that there are extremely unusual planets out there, for one, We've discovered that there are planets out there that literally have different shapes than the usual seer-shaped planets that we're used to. We've discovered that there are early galaxies that are so old that they're saying that they're literally only a couple million years older than the creation of the universe itself, whatever you want to call it. They're not going to be able to go, they'll be able to continue to push the idea that there's something like a Big Bang nowadays with this, all this new information they found, but they're not going to be able to go with the typical math equations and formulas that they originally did because everything about the universe has changed due to this. But one of the other things that they found out, besides these weird anomalies, strange looking planets and of finding out that the universe was yada, 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 got all kinds of weird shit going into it. They also discovered some structures that are not naturally made. What this means is it's kind of like if you were to look at a television set compared to a rock, you would know that the rock is basically exists due to natural processes or some form of what atheists would call randomness. They don't believe that there's order. So let's just say that it was a natural process for a rock 
And if you were to evaluate a rock and you were to look at something like a television set, you can clearly right off the bat look at a television set and say, this has purpose and function, therefore this equals out to design, something created it. As where a rock's a little bit harder to figure out because a rock kind of just sits there. It doesn't entertain people, and the only thing it's useful for is hitting people in the head with or tripping people with. At least that's what we figure. There might be, as science goes by, we might discover rocks are a lot more neater than we imagine them to be. I mean, there's some atheists out there that actually fucking believe they come from the things. Ah, uh, see what I did there? But yeah, the we've discovered, according to Neil deGrasse Tyson, as well as uh, Mikachu, or however you pronounce his name, I've watched him a million times, I just don't remember how to pronounce his name, I guess I could just call him Kaku or something like that, but they have found basically what appears to be alien structures. And I have said for the longest time to Christians out there, especially the ones who don't believe that God created anything but humanity, I've said for the longest time that even the Bible itself, if one were to look into the book of Hebrew, we can see that God admits and concedes to creating other worlds with a purpose in mind, and that we aren't the only thing that God ever created. I've told Christians this, and obviously some of them didn't want to hear it. The truth is, and a lot of people, for whatever reason, they don't know this, even the ones that are going to church for the longest time, um, the Bible clearly tells us that humanity is not the first thing that God created. In fact, before the earth even existed, there were already um, a body of personalities and voices and consciousnesses that were existing with God. When you read in the very first book of Genesis, you can see that God is having a conversation. He refers to we and us and all this, a plural name. He's not just talking about himself. Some Catholics will go off on a tangent about that being the Trinity, that that's God and uh, Jesus God at the same time talking to each other through some kind of unusual transformer and septicon type of deal. Or inception. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not making fun of it. I already realize that there's human beings out there that have that can have be one conscious and have several personalities. So that's not too far fetched for me. I'm very open minded towards that concept. But the point is, is that science is brought to its knees, and then one of the things that I noticed that really, well, it doesn't surprise me, but it makes me sad. It makes me distrust science even more, even though all these things are really neat and they're fascinating to me, and I'm always going to be fascinated with new inventions or new discoveries. The thing that really made me sad was apparently a lot of these ideas, there has been some scientists out there that have had theories that there's more to the universe than our modern day scientists have told us. But nobody listened to them, and no one was willing to fund them. Um, even according to the videos I've watched, um, there are many scientists who assessed that there's a lot of other things going on in the universe that isn't talked about or in our science books. And the government and the companies out there just simply wouldn't fund them and fund their work. 
They basically said, we're going with the Big Bang, we're going to go with evolution, and we're not going to try out any alternatives. We're not going to investigate any other topics. This is the one we like the most, so this is what we're going with. Well, the problem with that is that over the years, even with that kind of mentality and that thought process, scientists went ahead and, you know, went on their business. And political scientists, the ones that are getting paid and getting famous, were the ones that got to be seen and have their name on autographs and such continued to push this ideology that just simply wasn't true, that there was more to the reality of existence and, and life. Basically, what I'm telling you is that scientists wouldn't even bother listening to other scientists or even bothering with what anybody had to say. They all just, uh, basically agreed that if it doesn't coincide with what our already assumed propositions or presuppositions are of the Big Bang, then we're not even going to bother listening to anybody else or hearing anybody else out. And that's the reason why I'm sad. I'm sad, one, because we could have been a lot further with our knowledge had scientists not become so fucking greedy and so lazy. Um, and also it had the balls to actually step up and say, look, Science is science. Leave us alone and, you know, don't uh, tell us what we get to teach and what what is true and what is false or completely hide from the public. It proves that a lot of scientists are narrow-minded, that they're not the honorable group of people that we've always tried to look them up to be. We know for a fact a lot of atheists practically worship scientists and pretend as though they're the only community out there that's ever contributed to it. And then they find out on the non-believer department, as well as from Christians, um, that science has been holding back on us, and they've also been defunding anybody that offers other alternatives. It makes it real hard for the human race to trust a group like that. I mean, it's really no different than all the bullshit we're dealing with politically. If our science becomes political, well, if politics are corrupt, then science itself becomes corrupt. And it won't self-correct itself. It's really, really hard to take a bunch of, put out a bunch of false information and then be able to repair it. And even if you do repair it, then why should anybody believe it? Layman people rely and depend on the intelligent geniuses out there to get the shit right. So we have something that we can fucking look at and go, okay, that works. Adam Lore was telling me how disappointed he is on how this has been dealt with. Cause I even asked him before I found out about all this myself, he had, he had told me how disgusted he was with exactly what I'm, I've been telling you about. And I was like, well, geez, you know, why are you so surprised that there's more to the universe? I've been saying that in my videos forever. But even though I would say I know there's more to the universe, and usually I'm implying God or angels and a celestial body and alien life and all that, 
I, uh, I suppose I figured there would be more neat things that we'd discover, but I didn't realize that we would get such an abundance in such a quick time period. I mean, it, it just literally all this shit just exploded into our faces. And still, unfortunately, because human beings don't have any priorities, they don't bother. A lot of people ain't even looking into it anyway because they don't give a fuck. They care about what their microwave dinner is going to taste like and their favorite TV show, hoping it's going to go on another season. They ain't interested in all this shit, but I digress. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, is the James Webb um, telescope has really blown science out of the water and it's going to cause a lot more questions for atheists and a lot more questions for religious people but i think we all knew that no matter what we found in the universe the debate between skepticism and spiritualism and the eternal battle of truth and what reality is it's going to wage on for all eternity, or at least until we die, or this universe swallows us up. Well, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, Friday, 7 p.m., I'm going to be doing a show. Now, listen very carefully, because a lot of you don't seem to understand this. I usually treat my shows like chat rooms. I let anybody and everybody come in. Now, if some good friends of mine come in, they start a discussion about God or the universe or science or something then I usually stick to that topic until somebody comes in and changes the topic. Like, for instance, if I get 10 people in and 10 people have 10 different topics, I'll try to cover everything that's talked about. But if you get a couple people who come in, the problem is, is that once a conversation goes on, there's some people out in the audience that wanted to come in, but they decided to themselves... No, I don't know if I want to show up because they're already in the middle of a conversation. I like it whenever as many people come in as possible and actually have a discussion. I do not enjoy um, having any communication with people who are concerned about history or drama on social media. That bores the shit out of me. But if you want to talk about, uh, you know, things in the entertainment industry, music, art, the universe, God, that kind of stuff, then you and I could have an excellent conversation, and I encourage you to come in. Now, with that being said, God bless.